0: Rochester Today with Andy Brownell and Tom Ostrom on News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good morning. Welcome to Rochester Today. I'm Andy Brownell, of course, and it is Tuesday and that means I am joined by T.O. Tom Ostrom. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Andrew. So, what's in the mailbag?
1: Uh, The Babylon Bee satire. (laughs) I can see why the liberal sources want to ban it, but they've got things figured. Uh, this item, a motorcyclist who identifies as a bicyclist sets the cycling world record. I've seen <laughs> and that one. Motor- I've actually bicyclists- seen that one. And when bicyclists, uh, he should take off his motor to compete. Uh, he accused them of bigotry. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> and then, be
0: uh, uh, of you laugh at that joke.
1: <laughs> then a couple more Babylon's uh, Democrats to hold July. Uh, pardon me, Democrats to hold June 9th hearings now to get to the bottom of why so few people watched the January sixth hearing uh, recently, uh, and Trump is blamed. And then one more Babylon senator chuck schumer wonders where did people get the idea it was okay to attack supreme court justices (laughs) after the vicious things he said and then here's a cartoon from skilly the pittsburgh post it shows biden at his desk with papers polls gaffes crime inflation border crisis fentanyl infant formula The 401ks and stock market drops and it shows a a Democrat off to the side with the January 6th primetime special saying lights, cameras, distraction. (laughs) And then from Wayne, should U.S. voters be concerned about the January 6th riots that happened 18 months ago? Well, how about today's inflation report? Inflation hit 8.6%. And we could add to Wayne's list today, the stock market absolutely crashed. And some people are saying recession uh, is near. Uh, and then, then Wayne has a little humor about us, Andrew. Oh, AOC, that New York uh, left-wing representative, AOC has said we can prevent the electrical grid brownouts that Tom and Andy have been talked about by pulling the electric plug on their show.
0: <laughs> that's pretty good. That's
1: I like the, that. That's the, so, uh, uh, oh, and then it the would certainly get rid
0: of a. It would certainly get rid of some hot air, right? Oh, gosh, that's good, Andy. <laughs> and then Rose. If the leftists
1: can scare enough people to stay away from events where numerous people gather, I wonder if voters will finally be afraid to stand in line to vote if a shooter is likely to show up. The fear is starting now. Uh, Maybe we'll have to go through metal detectors at the polls this November. Gee, our friends are getting more cynical and concerned all the
0: time. That's the mailbag. It is a sign of the times, as they would say, Tom, right? Mm-hmm. Sign of times. Okay. Um i we'll take a break then and we'll come right back with more of Rochester today. Tom Ostrom's here. It's Tuesday. And we're on News Talk 1340, K R O C AM at 969 FM. Mm-hmm. This is the Family Service Rochester Bay with Andy Brownell and Tom Ostrom on News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Welcome back. Tuesday morning Rochester today. Tom, what do you want to start with?
1: Dr. Scott Jensen is now the Republican uh, candidate for governor and uh, he's in the news and uh, revving up his policies and concerns. And Dr. Jensen said He will only appoint judges who, quote, commit to stopping the catch and release uh, and sentencing violent criminals uh, and uh, giving them the penalties that are in the Minnesota sentencing guidelines. And uh, he unveiled a new 10-point plan Thursday to crack down on crime in the state. And his agenda will raise the penalties for crimes like carjacking, uh, stopping nonprofits like the Minnesota Freedom Fund from bailing out criminals. He wants to prevent judges from giving lower than recommended sentences. And he wants to appoint new judges who are tough on crime and uh, repeat violent offenders who are allowed back on the street. He said that has to stop. And uh, corrections department insiders have released information. They're kind of like whistleblowers. And they're saying the state is releasing more criminals than ever, ignoring when criminals violate probation status or conditional release status that should send them back to jail and it's not being done. And, uh, but he's not just concerned with, uh, with this. He wants to coordinate higher education with human services and halfway houses and churches Uh, and the Department of Corrections to make society uh, uh, on-ramping a success for criminals who are released and give them some training and some support. Uh, And then he'll use executive actions on some of these issues. He wants the commissioner of higher education, the commissioners of human services and corrections to be in on making reforms, but public safety the priority because uh, the statistics Andy, as you know violent crime is surging across minnesota since the george floyd riots last year uh, murders are up and uh, these horrible killings and and this uh, not a surprise to me even you have mentioned uh you're reluctant sometime to go to the twin cities most minnesotans in a poll say they are staying clear of Minneapolis on account of how dangerous it's become, according to a survey conducted by the Center of the American Experiment. Now that should alarm, well, Minneapolis workers who don't wanna go downtown again, but that should alarm the business communities and the education communities. Uh, if, if students don't care to go to Minneapolis anymore for their education and, and tourists and visitors, uh, uh, don't care to go to the city for their activities.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, as I've said numerous times, I think it's shaping up to be, if not the top issue of this campaign, when we're talking about the gubernatorial campaign, it'll be in the top two, depending on what happens over the coming months. The economy could overtake it, depending on what happens. Um, Jensen, as far as strategically, uh I think him coming out right away with an anti-crime package uh, was a smart move. It more or less puts governor walls on the defensive. Although governor walls has an enormous campaign war chest and has a lot of outside money coming in to Mm -hmm. support his candidacy. Uh, The polls show it's a neck and neck race. Uh, Min Post issued a poll just before the weekend, Tom. And, uh, The results were within the margin of error. It was a fairly large poll, I think 1,500 likely voters. So the margin of error or whatever the, I guess that's what you'd call it. I can't remember statistically. um, Was like 2.5% and the poll had Walls leading Jensen 42 to 40%. But you dive deeper into the numbers, it gets even more interesting. Uh, Walls, his approval rating is about split. I think a lot of that is geographic. I think the closer you are to the bigger cities, the more favorable view you might have of walls. While greater Minnesota, I think it's largely negative. That's me speculating, just a guess on that. But more interestingly to me was that Jensen is neck and neck with walls this early in the campaign, even though he has no name recognition. The poll found almost 45% of the people surveyed had no idea who the guy is. Mm -hmm. Yet they were willing, a significant number of them were willing to support him over Walls. Mm -hmm. So uh, as he gets his name out there and starts campaigning, um, from what I have been told, I've never met the man, but from what I've been told, he comes across as a very reasonable person. Now Walls, on the other hand, already is attempting to paint him as a crazy person um on social media referring to the gubernatorial ticket for the republicans as i think the terms i'm paraphrasing were um conspiracy theorists and extremists so that'll be the the return you apparently will be the strategy of the walls administration going into this but um, walls the achilles heel it will be this crime issue and if mm-hmm. Jensen can make inroads in the Twin Cities on that crime issue, he's got a pretty good chance.
1: Sure. And reciting Waltz's uh, inaction, inactive response to the riots and to the burning of the police precinct and to the injury of police officers and to the violence, he's got to an answer for that. He's very verbal. He's very gifted uh, in that respect. But you said it he's an incumbent in a blue state and that that he's being so uh, significantly challenged statistically by an unknown to me tells uh, how he's in trouble. And I don't understand how it's the Minneapolis region that supports him when they are in the center of crime uh, and and suffering from it and, and people are fleeing the Twin Cities.
0: Yeah, well, there's a lot of that going on in our nation's largest cities all over the place. You have people in Los Angeles and San Diego moving out. You have people in Seattle moving out. You have people in San Francisco and New York moving out. So uh, city and,
1: uh, and they're moving to the red states. Now, I hope they turn red when they get there and don't make the
0: red states blue. <laughs> well, that's the irony, isn't it? As you have a bunch of New Yorkers move to uh the red states and then uh the, the the joke is always that they try to institute the very same policies that had them leaving New York in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we well that's like Walmart because this time that's of like war
1: Walmart. She wants to make <laughs> Minneapolis Somalia.
0: <laughs> well I I I think uh, I she'll she'll win re election handily. I know she's got some tough Uh, opponents this time, but the polling numbers for her are extremely high, Um, almost insurmountable, I think. But, you know, things can happen and things change all the time. And the challenges are definitely there for Democrats running uh, in Minnesota and elsewhere this time around. But going on, the crime issue, Tom, you were talking about um, the violators who continually, uh, have violations or probation, but yet it seemingly nothing happens. We had an example just last week in Olmsted County of a man who was convicted of criminal sexual conduct involving a young child. Uh, it's a bad case, scary. I mean, just the details of it are awful. Uh, for some reason, he wasn't even sent to prison for the crime. He was given probation for the crime in a state prison sentence. And Ooh. I counted... On the court record, was I was preparing the story. I counted 12 probation violations. Now, I don't know how severe those violations were, but there were 12 of them. But finally, after the 12th, this guy got prison. He got three years. And that I think that's the kind of thing that just sticks in people's minds. Yeah. And get, you have an offender who was given a second chance. 3rd chance, 4th chance, 5th chance, 6th chance, 7th chance, 8th chance, ninth chance, 10th. I mean, and then finally prison. And you wonder, perhaps this judicial system and our current criminal justice system should have recognized much earlier that this guy was not seriously committed to straightening his life out and get him out of town for a while. And, uh, and there's been numerous cases, but then again, On the other side of the slate, while we're talking about it, you have people who have served their time and come out of prison committed to making a better life for themselves and doing amends, and they face an unbelievable challenge, finding a place to live because most apartments won't rent to people who are convicted felons, finding a job because most employers won't hire somebody who's a convicted felon. Um, So it's no wonder that so many people end up reoffending after they get out of prison now how you know that's the difficult balancing act isn't it because if i'm a landlord and i have an apartment building full of people who want a safe place to live do i let this person rent a place and i'm, I'm taking a big risk same mm-hmm. thing with employers so it's yeah it's yeah. quite the conundrum
1: yeah you wonder what goes through the mind of a judge who has a person like that standing in front of him knows his record can look right at him and be so lenient. What goes through their minds? I don't know. I, I wish I
0: had the answer to that one. Um, sometimes these, you know, I, I'm i not going to, this individual that we're talking about, because it's a recognizable story. I'm not going to put him in the this category because I don't know enough about this person. But I, I think I can generalize and say quite a few people who commit serious criminal offenses are sociopaths and they tend to not have any conscience, and that makes you a pretty good con man. When you can lie through your teeth without any feeling any guilt, it's pretty. you get pretty good at lying.
1: Right. and Well, by definition, they're criminals. Who are criminals? People who don't obey the rules.
0: I know, but if you can't. The prisons are pretty full. At what point do you keep you stop building prisons. You know what I mean? You, you can well, build. What
1: you, do, what you do is common sense. If you need to empty the prisons of people, you you empty it with the, you take the nonviolent offenders and let them out. You don't release the violent ones.
0: Right. I'm not going to argue with that logic at all. <laughs> yeah, all right. uh, we, uh, yeah we got a few more minutes. for. Our, so, yeah, go ahead with another topic, Tom.
1: Uh, have we got time for Minnesota? Yes, we do. Okay, because critic has sent this one. He was concerned about the food fraud that came out of uh, allegedly came out of the uh, Somali community, and now he's concerned about this that he doesn't think gets uh, wide enough coverage. Uh, this article from Kyle Hooten of Alpha News, a Minnesota state senator named Omar Fata. Uh, it was before the ethics subcommittee last week. Uh, and uh, he's, uh, he's alleged to have committed uh, many uh, serious, uh, uh, let's say, malfeasances, alleged corruption the, during the ethics trial. Uh, he was questioned by Minnesota Republicans and the Minnesota Senate Ethics Subcommittee for what Republicans say is a quid pro quo relationship with Somali TV that saw the senator's the senator introducing a bill to give taxpayer dollars to that news station after it helped his campaign. He's accused of receiving free advertising on the channel and then repaying the favor to the TV channel by fielding a bill to give a half a million taxpayer dollars to that outlet. And he has not proven that he's made proper payments for advertising costs at a group of Republican senators. and. Uh, his campaign finance reports are are insufficient, uh, gradually amended when the spotlight's put on it. And uh, so Somali TV could be violating the law. It's a nonprofit station. And once more, the ethics committee, a uh, subcommittee has not begun the second half of the investigation. Uh, and it's he's got some machinations going with his brother-in-law who was found guilty of lying to a grand jury about trafficking absentee ballots in the 2020 election. So the ethics subcommittee is on the trail, and they're diving deeper, and uh, they're going to reconvene, what, June 15? What's that? uh, uh, Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. So um, that's going on. We'll see what happens with that. And uh, that's Minnesota news for me, unless you have something.
0: Oh, let's move on. Actually, we're running up against the break anyway. We have to <laughs> head over to the news center. So we'll do that and return with more Rochester Today with Tom Ostrom on Rochester's News Talk, 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Hi, I'm James Raby for Livia Way Control Center. Rochester Today, News Talk, 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Tom and Andy with you this morning, Tuesday morning. Tom, what's our next topic?
1: Well, uh, Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett is on the target list now of the demonstrators in front of justices' homes in Washington, D.C. or Maryland. Um, There's a a federal code that prohibits such activities. Attorney General Garland isn't interested in pursuing it. The Democrats in Congress aren't interested in, in arresting these people that are demonstrating and they're demonstrating now outside of her home and uh, they're called Ruth Sentus, named after justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg but the irony of that is Ruth Bader Ginsburg was a moderate liberal her best friend was a conservative Justice Scalia and she herself publicly questioned the logic uh, of the Roe decision even though she was a liberal but they named their uh, Their uh, intimidating group after her, and also uh, these these people are now coalescing in front of the Supreme Court building because that decision of Roe is evidently going to come out fairly soon. But what is absolutely astonishing is these people are targeting uh, the the justice, and they have broadcast. Where she goes to church, when she goes, the school her children go to, the seven of them, what their names are. To me, that has got to be illegal, and that kind of intimidation and threat is absolutely unbelievable.
0: Well, it is illegal, Tom. You pointed that out. There's laws on the books um, that make it illegal to try to intimidate the judicial branch. And that's what it was designed. These laws were designed. There's a great Wall Street Journal editorial about this topic, um, pointing out that this story of, well, not this one particularly, but the, uh, the threat against Judge Kavanaugh, which was an actual person armed with burglary tools and guns with ammunition, who clearly voiced his desire to kill the justice uh, and expressed anger over Justice Kavanaugh's opinions on these hot topics you mentioned abortion and gun control more or less got buried in the New York Times and many of the other quote-unquote mainstream media didn't give it that much attention and the Wall Street Journal article was pointing out the, I guess, hypocrisy or double standard that 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 presented while the January 6th hearings are taking place, that the Democrats' argument in going after President Trump is that he and his followers present a real and continued threat to our democracy. And the Wall Street Journal editorial board was pointing out while well, the assassination of a U.S. Supreme Court justice or threats against justices is, should be considered an equal threat to our democracy. You have the, the executive branch, you have the legislative branch, and you have the judicial branch. They are the institutions of our democracy. And if you were to assassinate a member of the U.S. Supreme Court, the harm, the repercussions of it would be immense. And also pointed out this editorial that, you know, it questioned whether maybe the media would be paying a lot more attention to this issue of protecting the Supreme Court justices during these trying times. If this person who had shown up in front of Kavanaugh's home had been actually going after Sotomayor or one of the other liberal justices. Sure. And I think it's a valid point. It
1: is. And this shows that the Democrats are the party of the mob. And they endorse uh, Antifa. They endorse BLM. They were quiet during the 2020 riots. Um, they're, they're mum on it when they're grilled now. What do you think of these things? Uh, they are the party of the mob. And if and if they don't publicly uh, uh, encourage the mob, they certainly sit back and enjoy it. And this, Andy, is so inexplicable. you got... Speaker Pelosi, who blocked a bill to provide more security for the Supreme Court justices. Uh, The Senate passed it in a bipartisan way. Pelosi backed it, and when a reporter asked about it, she got mad, of course, and she said, they're not in danger. That is absolutely outrageous. And she walks around with a a contingent of gun-carrying bodyguards, and she has plenty of security at her home. Uh, that is
0: absolutely, that woman is vicious. It's a, I, I don't know if they have beefed up security or not around the, I, I think they have, but not to the level that you see. If you, as the editorial pointed out, that you have 435 members of the U.S. Senate and the U.S. House. You have one president and you have seven justices. The level Nine. of security should be. Based upon those sorts of numbers, that the risk that these people uh,
1: face. If someone got assassinated, Biden would have the authority to appoint uh, another justice. So there's a motive for some
0: nutcase. Well, then, and that would throw yeah, and and reverse reverse it the other way. If somebody were crazy enough to actually cheer that on, that if the I it's a it's a wormhole you don't want to go into. That's for sure. Uh, it would, uh, it would have a very detrimental impact on our ability to maintain what we treasure so much in our country as our representative democracy. Um and
1: terrorists are bombing pro-life uh, uh, clinics, pro-life groups. What if that was reversed and some right winger blew up a, an abortion clinic? And there've been two or three cases now of firebombing of. of uh, of pro-life clinics and uh, where's where's the outrage about that
0: it doesn't get a lot of coverage i'll agree with you tom it's low it's it's not played up very much in our national publications or national broadcasts
1: and that's why i say the democrats are soft on violence and intimidation and and mob coercion and they have been since the 2020 riots of uh, january 6th uh, violence let's look at all the other violence but uh, democrat congress won't do it
0: all right now you mentioned the january 6th riots and that's been the topic of primetime television last week and then monday morning it was all over the place I, they had another hearing uh william barr testified um But somebody didn't show because they had an emergency, a family emergency. I think um, a person who was a member of Trump's campaign who was scheduled to testify, I think his wife went into labor, so that person was not able to testify. That's a pretty good excuse. Um, I also read a piece about this that was trying to be pragmatic would be a good way to describe it. And this was written by a Democrat. And this Democrat was disappointed that these hearings have to take on a purely partisan uh, aspect instead of being a calm investigation of what happened and what went wrong so it would never, ever happen again. It's being used, obviously, as a political football. And lamenting that that you're going to skip out important aspects of this while at the same time attracting an audience that is largely a partisan audience. Um, You're probably not really changing any minds with what's happening here. I've said that before. Uh, If you think Donald Trump was the most evil person in the world and never should have been president and is firmly to blame for everything that ever happened bad in this country, you probably watched the hearings and you probably enjoyed the hearings. Now, if you're a Trump supporter, obviously, you probably didn't watch it unless you're glutton for punishment. But those who are more middle ground on this are kind of sick of the topic, I think. That's just my just my take on it, that it's summertime, this happened 18 months ago, but, but perhaps people in that middle group might have been willing to pay more attention to it if they didn't think of it as completely a partisan attack. Sure. Does that make sense? Sure, sure, and
1: uh, and Trump they they they, they doctored the uh, film presentations. Trump at the end of his presentation, and a lot of people had gone to the D.C. Uh, Capitol uh, before he finished his speech. But uh, Trump said, "Now, be peaceful and go home," uh, and and uh, that's what he said. But Pelosi's uh, January sixth meeting and uh, opened up with a. Uh, uh mississippi democrat representative benny thompson an african-american uh he started things off and he right away talks about slavery and the kkk and lynching what's that got to do with republicans and with trump in fact slavery and the kkk and lynching was done by democrats they started the civil war they're the ones that had the slaves and they started the kkk so this guy is bringing that up uh uh, as, it, as part of the hearing. was well, has got nothing to do with anything. And Alan Dershowitz, a liberal law professor, retired, said the hearings are unethical. They've doctored the tapes. They're defrauding viewers. They haven't allowed counter-testimony because Pelosi kicked off the tough interrogators that, that Representative McCarthy wanted to put on that committee for balance, and she wouldn't allow them to be there. That is absolutely unheard of by a Democrat Speaker of the House to do that. Uh, and Jonathan Turley, the uh, 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 George Washington University law professor, said that too. That uh, it was editing. It was counterproductive. It was biased. It was partisan. It was. Uh, it's uh, and and they edited out all kinds of footing of, of Trump's complete uh, speech uh, that day. They certainly edited out the killing of Ashley Babbitt, the uh, Air Force veteran who was shot by a black police officer and they carried her body out real fast. And there was some other woman that was beaten to death. I forgot her name uh, in the melee and they carried her body out of there too. But a lot of editing uh, of these these videos and it's just uh, unheard of and oh gosh. And then Liz Cheney has subpoenaed the campaign advisor of the woman who's running against her in Wyoming. She's she subpoenaed her campaign advisor, and that woman is ahead of Cheney
0: by 30 points. The woman is an absolute dictator. All that being said, Tom, I think no matter what, at the end of the day after these hearings are done, Donald Trump is harmed by what is being depicted. Yes, is. and I And I think, you know, I know there's a lot of people who are listening right now who are probably going to be mad at me for saying this, but I think rightfully harmed by it. I, I, I can't imagine. I, well, to this day, he continues to mouth off about this. And, yeah, he better. And I don't think he's doing himself above. any favors by doing this every time he resurrects it. Yeah, it appeals to a certain crowd, but it doesn't appeal to these voters. That discussion about the economy, gasoline prices your 401k, all those issues, that's what they want to hear about. They don't really, they were uneasy with what he was saying then. I think they're even more uneasy with what he's continuing to say. And in that way, the Democrats may get some mileage out of the hearings. Right. But I think he
1: was right about what he said, what happened. But he's got to shut up about it for the reasons you're saying and get on with the issues of the day.
0: Yeah, but I do think he... uh, he holds some responsibility for this by playing with fire during that period between November and January 6th. And he, does, he, he, he does. gave some of these people who are probably a bit unhinged to, um, I don't know, an excuse to he does, go into what they did. Of-
1: There's plenty of fraud. And when the other side says, well, there was fraud, but not enough to upset the election, how do they know that if they haven't pursued it and investigated it? But he should be quiet about it and he should move on because it is hurting him. That's right. But why aren't they investigating the riots of 2020? And, and and for that matter, the demonstrations in front of the justices' home, uh, Garland, Attorney General Garland is not enforcing the law. He's sitting back, too. He and the politicized FBI aren't doing a thing about protecting those justices. They assigned a few marshals. Uh, I, th- I hope when the Republicans get in, they have some hearings and go after these people uh, who have abused their authority and not acted, and we'll have some more of these,
0: these hearings. They'll be more interesting to me. if the (laughs) republicans win i can almost guarantee you there'll be hearings tom (laughs) yeah those will be more fun but i will take our break okay we'll take a break we'll be right back tom ostrom's here i'm andy brownell it's rochester today on News Talk 1340 kroc am and 96.9 fm i've been at that crappy job where i didn't like the work i was doing